Tales into the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR, 855am. Uh, my name is Shane, I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? I'm good, Shane. How are you? Good. Do you know that after the last episode, mo- many listeners called to say they prefer the other Fiona? I and believe you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Went over like a lead balloon, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I did listen to that and it was a good interview. It was a good show. It if anyone show. hasn't listened to it, they should go back and have a listen. Check out our archive. Um, but what do we have for the listeners today, Fiona? So people who are keen film watchers uh, may have been going to the Melbourne International Film Festival over the last couple of weeks and they may have seen that there's been some documentaries making some waves. Um, one of those is called Undercover and it is about the issue of older women's homelessness. Um, the film has taken three and a half years to come into fruition, and it features the stories of ten older women of various backgrounds and circumstances who have found themselves um, in homelessness later in life. Um, so today we're f- speaking to Diana Fisk, who is the, produ- the impact producer for the film. And she's telling us a little bit about how they went about making the film, what they hope to achieve, and then most importantly for us, um, I guess the political campaign that may result from raising awareness about this issue. So, yeah, so it's been an interesting um, process for HAG. We were involved very early on in the piece speaking to Sue and Adam, the producers. Right downstairs in this building at 3CR. it's true. They came in and filmed us here. We had to film in the big studio especially so they could fit all their cameras in. Yep, and filmed us walking up and down the corridors a hundred times. Filmed you, not me. Um, Unfortunately, none of the HAG content got into the film, but Uh. one of the women who was interviewed is one of our peer educators, Vanessa, and she was at the screening on Wednesday at MIFF. Um, and got up on the panel and had a chat along with Kobe, a national advocacy um, worker. So we have had some involvement in this film um, and we are really pleased to see that the issue is being pushed into spheres that maybe people don't ordinarily um, like to think about this. But yeah, so new audiences for the issue. So we might go to the interview and then we might talk a little bit more about the film after that. Oh, will we? <laughs> we'll see. I think so, we will, yeah. Uh, here's Diana. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, Diana. No problem. Thanks for having me. So I understand that Undercover had its world premiere quite recently at the Melbourne International Film Festival. Can you tell us about how that went? Yeah. So we've had we've just um, wrapped a week and a half worth of screenings, actually, for the Melbourne International Film Festival. So we had our world premiere um, and then a couple of other additional screenings in Melbourne, um, and then we're in Castlemaine and Sorrento as well. So... Um, yeah, a total of five screenings in person, and it went 
uh, incredibly well. Um, the response to the film was amazing, and um, yeah, our inboxes have been <laughs> very full um, since the screenings, which is always a good sign. A lot of people really engaged in the issue and wanting to understand more and um, you know work out how they can support in whatever way they can as well. So it's been a really positive release so far. So maybe if you, could you tell us a little bit about the film? Um, I know that you followed the stories of 10 older women who had either experienced homelessness in the past or who were currently homeless. Um, how did you go about finding those women? Yeah, so um, Sue, who's our wonderful director, um, and Adam, our producer, have been working on the project for um, over three years now. Um, and we did actually have, I think we reached out and were interviewing um, and filming closer to 20 women. Um, so that was, we found them in all different ways. Um, we were very fortunate to be connected to a number of really great organisations um, in this space. Um, so we did make some links through those organisations. Um, we also just put kind of more of a general word out to our networks as well. Um, we filmed in, yeah, uh, possibly every state of Australia. Um, oh, wow. Every state, most states. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a quite a challenging production time during COVID. Who was um, making the most of any lockdown lifts and flying out to where she needed to fly. And I guess the important thing for us is that we weren't just capturing a moment in time necessarily. We were really wanting to get to know these women's stories, see how they were progressing over the couple of years that we were telling their stories as well. Um, and, yeah, really, I guess, wanting to understand what their life was like beyond, you know, just a, a, a perhaps a two-hour interview. So it must have been pretty hard to choose who to highlight in the film. Was was there a particular message that you were hoping to get across or was it just um, a, a kind of broad range of stories that you were hoping to capture? Yeah, exactly. Our tagline for the film, so the film's called Undercover and our tagline is the hidden faces of homelessness. Um, and, you know, as you, I'm sure, are very aware, um, homelessness is not what most people I think generally think of um, you know it's not necessarily the, the people kind of sleeping rough at the train station but um, people that you know could be our aunties and our sisters and our mothers and our daughters so we were really wanting to show a broad um, range of not only the women experiencing homelessness um, that feature in the film but also their, um, their scenarios so we had one woman who was Travelling Australia in a van, and that was a choice that she had made um, because of, you know, the I guess the limited options she had for a house for herself. Um, we had two women that were living in a pretty poor quality caravan park. Um, we had, you know, a couple of women that had been sleeping on the streets and in their vans, and so we really wanted to, I guess, give as, as broad a picture of the issue as we could. And what struck you personally? Um, I mean, I guess you would have seen the film a number of times now and been really intimately acquainted, but was there anything that really stood out for you as, as a producer of this film? Uh, look, honestly, it's just... I mean, this is a new issue for me. I think I, I came across it a few years ago, about the same time that Sue and Adam did, um, through a bit of um, coverage in one of the newspapers in Victoria here, um, so it was a fairly new issue for me in terms of understanding the reality of our homelessness situation in Australia. Um, honestly, I just the thing that sticks with me is how quickly any of us could end up there. You know, hearing the stories of of someone who was 
a marketing executive in an advertising firm in Sydney and, you know, not much longer than that um, without a place to live and, um, you know, how a couple of things can go wrong in your life, you know, a marriage breakdown, um, losing someone that we love or losing our jobs or being evicted from a house, you know, that they can really change our lives. Um, and I, I actually, yeah, separated from my husband a couple of years ago and it just really struck me how um, close to these stories, um, you know, a lot of us are. And I believe that that was Sue's motivation in doing the film as well. She really just was reading um, some of these stories and, and realising that it was very close to her reality or what could have been her reality and felt a responsibility to, to yeah, tell these stories and um, get get their voices heard, I suppose. And you also have a, an impact campaign for the film. Can you tell us about that and what you're hoping to achieve with it? Yeah, so that's actually my role. I'm yeah, I'm feeling really fortunate to um, often when we're releasing a film, everything just kind of gets lumped in together. <laughs> um, but we are really fortunate with this film that we have uh, myself in the role of impact producer. So I work alongside Sue and Adam while they're focusing on, you know, more of the traditional, I guess, aspects of releasing a film and publicity and screenings and things like that. I can really start to work alongside our partnered organisations um, and actually think about how we can utilise this film to make a difference. So um, we have a number of things upcoming for the film's release. So um, we're looking at being in cinemas um, around October, November this year. Um, and then my work really kicks into gear again, um, kind of coming into next year and we'll be having uh, yeah, a broad range of um, community screenings throughout Australia. We have a dedicated impact tour that's going to be really putting the film in front of people that we believe need to be part of this conversation. So business leaders, um, community leaders, women that have, have had this experience or are living in this um, in this reality currently, just to really engage and, um, yeah, I guess... Uh, set up some of those conversations that we believe should be happening. So there's a yeah, another busy, I would say, 18 months um, of impact work that we'll be doing to really um, use the film and give it a platform for us to hopefully see some, some more change. Do you see that as more of like an awareness-raising thing or are there specific like changes that you're, you're hoping to achieve? We, we always saw our role in this film as um, facilitating a bottom-up, I guess, um, change. So really raising the awareness, as you mentioned. Um, we will have other um, impact goals that we're undertaking alongside that um, for more targeted um, impact work that we'd like to do. But really, there's a lot of incredible organisations doing really great work in this space, and we're certainly not wanting to... Um, enter into that territory, but rather use this film as a tool um, that we can we can use and organisations can use. And you know, we're looking at doing some parliamentary screenings um, to hopefully engage some more of our our country's leaders. So um, yeah, a bit of both. But uh, for us, the biggest mission will be to get as many eyeballs on the film as we possibly can. And you mentioned parliamentary screenings, as having a, a more of um, a theatrical release around October, November is a pretty good timing for the Victorian state election and there's a New South Wales state election coming up in March next year as well. Um, yeah. If, if organisations are interested in screening the film, is that something that, that you're able to facilitate? 
Absolutely, yeah. So we do have, we've got a bit of a kind of schedule in terms of when we can roll certain aspects out, but we're already having conversations now um, with organisations that are wanting, wanting to use the film for different, you know, various reasons. Um, so what I would say, if you can jump on the website, which is undercoverdocumentary.com, um, you can sign up, but it also has my, my contact details on the contact page, um, and I'm very happy to facilitate any conversations we're really wanting to see this film pushed out in as many ways possible um, over the next 12 to 18 months, and particularly, as you said, um, in some really important forums um, around, you know, with the lead-up to the different elections. I noticed that you're already starting to get a fair bit of attention. There was an article in The Age and, and in the conversation as well about mm. the film. Um, how yeah. much do you think having Margot Robbie, um, famous Hollywood actress, narrating it has helped with that? Or do you think it's it's the it's the issue itself that are attracting the attention? Uh, I don't think Margot Robbie would ever do any harm. It was a relief, that's for sure. Um, I think look, part of the reason for us bringing on Margot specifically is we we really want to engage a younger audience um, on this issue as well and um, you know she's a household name for, for so many um, and we thought it would be you know she's a, a younger woman um, speaking to something that we believe that younger women should definitely be aware of and um, considering um, as should the broader um, society around us so um, yeah it was an intentional decision to have Margot specifically narrating it and it's definitely been a positive part of uh, our publicity campaign. For sure. And how have the older women themselves reacted to the film? Uh, just incredibly. I'm, I'm actually in touch with most of them um, personally, uh, you know, for various other reasons in this impact campaign. Um, we had a number of women, I think six or five or six um, at the world premiere in Melbourne um, up on stage at the end. And uh, one of the women, Margaret, who I'm yeah, in close contact with, um, told me afterwards that it was one of the best days of her life and how important it is to have a voice. Um, and that's really important for us as well, is just to give these women and, and the women that didn't make the film and the women that you know weren't even um, contacted for the film give them a voice where possible because, um, yeah, they've got really important things to say. They've lived this experience or are living this experience um, and if we can facilitate them having a voice, um, then they've done our job. And, yeah, it's just really incredible seeing how passionate they are and how driven they are um, to be part of the change. Well, that's great. Um, is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the film or about your impact campaign that's coming out of it? Uh, really just getting as many people sharing as possible. So um, we're finished up at MIF now. We're, we're heading over to Western Australia tomorrow, actually, for the Cinefest Festival over there. So there'll be a few more screenings over there. Um, and then our focus really shifts to these um, cinema releases and community screenings. So please do jump on our website, um, sign up for updates. And, yeah, if you see the film out there, we'd love you to share the word. Um, like I said, having a, a broad audience is um, is the most important thing that we, uh, we're aiming for for this film. So any help in getting, getting the word out there would be very, very gratefully appreciated. Great. Well, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're just going to hear a couple of community service announcements and then we'll be back. Hi, my name's John A. Tate and I've collected hundreds of songs about footy and sport. 
So we've put together a program called The Sporting Record. Hang on. It's not all about your records, John A. Em and I are also here to cast a critical 3CR eye over all things sport. Join John, James and me every Thursday at 4pm for The Sporting Record. Right here on 855 3CR. Kicking off on Thursday, August 25th at 4 o'clock. Get your free ticket to the upcoming Forum for Dwelling Justice, an activist-driven event featuring speakers including Senator Lydia Thorpe, Debbie Kilroy, Rouge Amity, Whit Gari, and more. The Forum brings together grassroots activists and campaign groups to strengthen solidarity movements resisting ongoing colonial dispossession, housing injustice, incarceration, and poverty. The Forum ends with film screenings and a discussion between Uncle Larry Walsh, the filmmakers, and guests with lived experience of homelessness, displacement, squatting, and public housing. The event will run from 1 to 7 p.m. on Friday, the 26th of August at the Capitol Theatre, 113 Swanson Street, Narm. Entry is by donation. Join us to identify the radical potential for resistance to dispossession and displacement in Narm. To register, head to cur.org.au forward slash events or check the 3CR website for details. The Forum for Dwelling Justice is brought to you by RMIT's Centre for Urban Research, a 3CR supporter. That's right, you're listening to 3CR 855 AM. This is Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show with uh, Shane and Fiona. Fiona, let me just tell you now, I will be knocking off early tomorrow so that I can listen to the new sporting record show. That sounded great. Right up your alley. Right up my alley. The look that Fiona gave me when she heard that I was playing a card about sports uh, was not not impressive, but nevertheless. Come on, you know I love my footy. Maybe you'll, not you'll have to tell about me about it. it when Melbourne's lost. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so do you want to talk a little bit more about the film? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fiona. Shane doesn't want A beautiful to. transition. Yeah. <laughs> I have seen the film twice now, and I just, there was a couple of things that I wanted to mention that listeners may be interested in. You still can watch the film online through the Myth program, by the way. Through Myth Play. Through Myth Play, which I haven't tried. Have you tried Myth Play? Yeah, I watched the movie. It wasn't very good, but that's not to criticise Myth Play. Although, the in- sorry, I'm just going to digress for a sec. The annoying thing about it is they have this anti-piracy feature where during the film, your name and email address... Uh, just appears on the screen in the corners for a few seconds every, like, 10 minutes or so. Whoa. Uh, quite annoying. Right. Okay. So apart from that, it's quite good. Um, so there's a couple of women in the film that um, live in a caravan park in New South Wales. And that was the first time, I think, that I've actually seen depicted on film the types of marginalised, low-cost housing that older people are often in. One of the women, the women are best mates. They hang out and have coffee every day. They're a real support network for each other. Um, one of them is married and she owns the dwelling but leases the land that it sits on. And the other one rents her dwelling um, in the same park. And you can see that they have a real sense of community in the park and that they provide a lot of support to each other. Um, they've got their pets and, and um, you know, their things around them, their plants. But it's pretty run down. Um, the management isn't great. Um, they can't get the repairs and maintenance. Management in a caravan park, not great. I know, I'm shocked. Right? 
and it's expensive. It's something like $300 a week for the renter. So I really liked the fact that the film focused on that, that story because I feel like that's something that we hear a lot at HAG, um, older people living in pretty rundown and terrible housing, um, but they value the community of, of the people in those villages and those types of housing, which was really depicted there too. So, yeah, I think if you do get a chance, watch it. There's a lot of other stories that you would have seen, I'm sure, before um, people driving around Grey Nomad style in vans, but it becoming a little bit less of a holiday and more of a burden as time goes on. Um, women who have lost their housing when they've broken up from their partners or lost a job or COVID had definitely an impact as well. So all of those stories are there. Um, as Diana mentioned, not everyone could be included, including Vanessa, our lived experience advocate, but we believe there will be some shorter pieces of um, of stories released over the coming months to be used in our political advocacy, which is cranking up. Um, we have... The, is it, Fiona? Yes. We had our general meeting of members um, last week and we're close to finalising our Victorian um, election platform. And that will have some asks of what we're calling on the Victorian government to do, including um, increasing public housing, which means not knocking it over. P.S. Dan. Crazy. <laughs> and also some stuff around improving um, or the Retirement Villages Act and protections for tenants more broadly. We haven't quite got it all together yet. One of the things that we did want to talk about for the Victorian election was the level of secrecy in this government, how hard it is to find any information about what is happening with our public housing, what's been knocked over, what's been rebuilt. Is the big housing build building anything or are we going backwards? Um, these are all questions that we have. And a couple of the big reports that have been released this year that we had input into the 10-year affordable housing strategy and the social housing regulation review have either been shelved or not responded to or not released. So what's going on is what we want to know. And that's <laughs> that's something that we're hoping that um, our members and other interested people would like to ask their own members of parliament and candidates in the upcoming state election. Shane, if you were a politician for a day, what would you do? What a terrible thing to say to someone, Fiona. If I was a politician for a day, well, I would nationalise all of the retirement villages. Uh, then I would order some more public housing. And then I would, I don't know, can I slap around Barnaby Joyce or something just for good measure? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you got to think about the state election. The federal's done. We're done with that one. We're moving on. We just don't care about the nation anymore. No, we just care about our little state in Victoria. Yeah, so... I also wanted to talk about, we played a cart earlier about the housing justice. Dwelling justice. Sorry, dwelling, dwelling, the Forum for Dwelling Justice, which is on this Friday um, at 1pm at the Capitol Theatre. It's a free event and you can book online. Um, I believe there's still some tickets available. Uh, one of the things that's screening there is a, um, a, feature, a documentary about the displacement of the tenants of the Walker Street estate in Northcote. It's called Things Will Be Different. Um, and listeners will remember that that public housing estate was knocked over as part of the public housing renewal program. 
there was a lot of older tenants that had lived there for a long time that were displaced into other types of housing, some into private rental. Um, and it was protested pretty fiercely by the residents. I remember going on a march at some point up High Street um, before I got knocked over. So this documentary is being screened on the day and we will be having Lucy, one of the filmmakers, on the show next week. We're all about films lately. Uh, in a fortnight. Oh, sorry, fortnight's time. On the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. That's right. So on the second Wednesday in September, we will be having Lucy on to talk about that film. Right. Well, we're almost out of time, so we should give people some uh, contact information if they want to get in touch. Yeah. Um, so... We've got a few phone numbers. You can check out our website, oldertenants.org.au. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you want to give us a call about a, if you're an older person in Victoria with a housing issue that you want some advice about, uh, need to find a new place, something like that, uh, give us a call on 1300 765 178. That's 1300 765 178. Uh, if you uh, want to get in touch about uh, policy stuff, some of the change stuff that Fiona was talking about, state election platforms and exciting stuff like that, uh, you can give us a call on 96547389. Uh, that again is 96547389. Um, so thanks again, everyone, for listening. Uh, we hope you'll get a chance to check out Undercover if you haven't already. Fiona, is there any last words of wisdom that you would like to leave the listeners with for this fortnight? No, I have no words of wisdom. I'm sorry. Who says that? Who says what? Uh, springs a wisdom question on me. Springs a wisdom question on you. Well, you're supposed to be our, our fearless leader. Sorry, I'm not fearless. Not fearless. You heard it here first, listeners. <laughs> uh, we will be back, like I said, the second or fourth Wednesday. So going to leave you with a song. This is Troy Casadaly, and we're going to hear Oh My Sweet Carolina. Uh, bye. See ya.